Welcome to White Noise Season 2 Hey Josh Yeah? Why do you never see elephants in the jungle? Well, I haven't been to the jungle that much So maybe that's why I've never seen an elephant in the jungle It's actually just because they're good at hiding uh, uh, I don't. Are they? Yeah, they are. Elephants are good at hiding. I think Why you're getting elef- confused with the monkey. Why do elephants paint their balls red? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why do elephants paint their balls red? Um, I don't think they know how to paint. Well, they do. They paint their balls red. Do you want me to tell you why? Uh, is to scare off their enemies. No, their so predators. Is so they can hide in cherry trees. All right. All What's right. the loudest sound in the jungle? Uh, an elephant's balls getting picked. Yeah, giraffe eating cherries. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a few gaps in logic in that one. <laughs> You're so not fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm just pointing. I'm just pointing it out. I mean, no you reason why it couldn't. It couldn't work with a monkey. Why? Why? Well, a monkey can climb a tree, and it can. Oh, paint I thought I thought you said you you know the reason why you couldn't work with a monkey. Oh no! The, wonder, the no. wonders of you partly dropping out over Zoom. <laughs> All right, Josh. So the Olympics opening ceremony was last night. Did you did you watch it? I didn't get a chance to. No. Oh, okay. I mean, it was. I'm boycotting the Olympics this year. <laughs> <laughs> You literally said to me before we recorded, you also have an Olympic segment. You just haven't got around to prepping it yet. Yeah, but as in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, well, Australia specifically at the at the Tokyo Olympics. Why are you boycotting Australia at the Tokyo Olympics? Um, because there's furry art of all the, the that's elite, that's like proper official art of the athletes. I that is. Completely derailed where I was planning to go with this, but I have to ask, what? Where does? Of course, you know this. This just takes us back to Josh being a fairy. No, this no. Last year. We. This is just confirmed that you are a fairy, Josh. No, no. This is it. because people. Hang on, hang on. Let me, let me, let me share my screen. Oh no! Oh no! That's horrific. It's just the basketball. Oh no! There's also a hockey. Look, we made it to the New York Post. We made it to the New York Post. Australia accidentally uses furries as Olympic mascots. That's incredible. At least they have a fruinac lizard on there. At least they get it's not just kangaroos. Oh my god, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, and so at Woolworths now, like the Woolworths sticker packs have oh, these no. official furry art. Oh no, I hate that. I absolutely hate that. Oh, Josh, you have ruined the Olympics for me. See, that's why I'm boycotting because I'm not a furry and. So I don't support this 100%. That's like a bad version of what the Japanese did last night. So last time there was the Olympics in Tokyo, Japan invented like little pictograms that we now see. as You know how every sport has a pictogram associated with yeah. it? They invented those there. And oh, then now cool. these games, during the middle of the opening ceremony, they had these like these three guys get, like these three actors hop on a box uh, and one of them was like dressed completely in blue and the other two were there handing with props. And in the space of about five minutes, they basically like, 
like it was almost like a drama game freeze framed every single one of the 50 pictograms <laughs> it was it was incredible it was really funny as well because they were because they obviously were doing it live during badminton they dropped the badminton shuttle um <laughs> or they dropped one of the oh no it was tennis they transitioned from badminton to tennis there was a stumble but there's or like one of the swimming ones that like cuts away and then it just cuts to like them making a swimmer with their hand and like a blue glove it was if you've not watched it it was really clever um the other thing I took away from it is like there was a bunch of people on their phone whilst walking out. You know the athletes go out, yeah, and yeah. they're just standing there. You know, one of the biggest moments of their life, and they're just like on their phone filming it. And I'm like, <laughs> you can watch it back on film later. Surely, yeah. so <laughs> in the moment, you know, it's already being recorded by like fourteen different countries. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Although probably one of the best people in the. Uh, athletes in the athletes like i don't know what they call it, the procession was the, i don't know if you saw the tongan flag bearer who was just one of their like rest one of their bo- i think it was their boxer or judo and it was just their topless covered in oil and dude that guy is ripped like a couple yeah, of the uh, no that was the thing that was a thing last time as well and then everyone went horny for the the flag bearer <laughs> i think it's great i reckon like get your most ripped person topless holding the flag it's a great it's a great mood so the, have you heard what? of the anti-sex beds at the olympics um so because of covid they um they oh. don't want um, this is the thing at previous olympics that like one of the biggest things in the athletes villages villages is they have to order like the equivalent of like 10 condoms per athlete or something like that yeah covid they don't want them they don't want them having sex so there's no condoms given out anymore yeah which as we all know is a great way to stop sex and secondly <laughs> what does this mean there's, there's going to be a lot of really fit babies no no there's, there's no sex if there's no condoms and also these beds um and uh so the beds are made of cardboard they support about the weight of one person and they break with any sudden movement cheapers that's um there's but having said that there's this article here that says anti-sex beds are fake news but i don't know like of course the olympic committee would say that they're fake news so I don't anti-sex know. or sustainable uh was is another headline that's there that's if any of our listeners know anything more about the anti-sex beds and whether or not they're actually a thing do let us know but because oh, i think that like they're obviously not going to say they're anti-sex beds so i think they're saying because they're made of cardboard they're going oh they're just sustainable beds but really everyone knows they're anti-sex beds. <laughs> I thought they were going to just be really, really creaky, loud beds and have, like, have really thin walls. Um, I don't think that would stop any of these people. What about, hang on, this is a video of a guy about to jump on an anti-sex bed. I want to watch that. Because uh, the, med- the other thing is, what if you're someone who moves like me, who moves about a lot in their sleep? Like oh, I just unlucky. naturally... So I suppose I'm not an athlete, so it's not a problem. Re- regardless, uh, so maybe we'll get the, the listeners can follow up on the anti-sex beds for us. That's yes, please that's... do. Please do our work for us. <laughs> or maybe that's your. You said you had an Olympic segment for next week. That can be your Olympic segment. You can come back and tell me about the anti-sex beds. So we there's a bunch of sports we often do well in the Olympics, right? We've got like you like, know swimming, swimming, just swimming, really. just swimming. Like all the different events within swimming we do really well oh, in there yeah. but it's just swimming really it's just really we're just really good i mean it makes sense we're an island <laughs> like it's, it's it's phenomenal that you think about the other countries that do well that's like you know like 
China does really well at swimming, but only like a small portion of China faces the ocean. Like a lot of China. Yeah, but they have more people than Australia in that tiny portion that faces yeah, the ocean. They have in on one city on that tiny portion, they have more people than we have. <laughs> yes. So, so they have a little bit of an advantage there. That's true. Having a billion people does help help you out. But there's also things like hockey, basketball, and we're gonna win the tennis because Ash Barty. Shout out to Ash Barty. Did we'll we talk win about the, we'll win the women's tennis? Did we talk about Ash Barty winning the Wimbledon, by the way? Yeah. Well, if regardless, I think we should give it another shout out because Ash Barty's a legend. But I actually thought I'd look at some of our possible medalists that you wouldn't have heard of. And I kind of like put, we th- I throw these out there to follow, like just to keep tabs on. So the mm. first one is in the, because we're trash at athletics, right? Um, you, don't, you don't look at Australia and think that we're going to do well in the track and field. Uh, but, sometimes we do all right. Well, exactly. That's the, so we, we might do well in the women's high jump because no woman has ever done gone higher than two meters in the high jump, except Nicola McDermott earlier this year got to 2.01 meters. Oi, world record. Here we go. So no, no, no Aussie woman has done more than two meters. Oh, okay. (laughs) But the global best this year is 2.03. Oi, world record. Here we go. Pretty close. Right. Um, And so, so it could be that like, she wins the, the high jump gold medal. So the high jump gold medal, keep tabs on Nicola McDermott. The next one is, so we've never won a medal in a gold medal in boxing at the Olympics. Um, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like you don't look at Australia, although shout out to my dad. He does a lot of boxing, I suppose. Um, and I reckon like- they should have just grabbed those people that just like get into fist fights, like on Oz dash cam videos. You know what I mean? Like just <laughs> send two of them over and I reckon they'd do a great job. That's actually what you, you should do, like, as, as CC at Bruce. If there's anyone stirring trouble, you pull, pull them out and it's like, right, we're going to get into whole A&U boxing. That well, could well, you think I don't already do that? Yeah, true. You are, you would, who would win between you and me in a boxing fight? Me. Yeah? yeah. What's your skill set that makes you better at boxing? I'd get your knees. You'd go for my knees. <laughs> but, you know, Josh, I've got these big guns now after I did that push-up challenge, you know. Um, uh, I don't think you know what push-ups work because <laughs> it's, 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 it's not biceps. That's for sure. They no. they don't work your biceps. <laughs> they do. I've gotten bigger biceps since doing push-ups. Okay, they do a light amount of biceps. So for you who had nothing before, they did something. But that's yeah. not their. That's not the main thing. You you don't train your. You don't build your biceps by doing push-ups. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. Well, someone who does have good biceps is in the featherweight boxing, Sky Nicholson. So she won gold in the Commonwealth Games in 2018, which was in Australia, wasn't it? The 2018 Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Oh, also, we should probably talk about Brisbane. Brisbane 2032, baby. Brisbane 2032, baby. (laughs) Surely we go. Surely white noise. I'll be competing. So Yeah, what are you competing in? Um, Pokemon battles. No, surely the race walking. Nah. DK race I'm going to be doing Pokemon battles. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get brought in by 2032. Surely Pokemon battles was going to be brought in anywhere. It was going to be brought in Tokyo. Well, I, I did think they dropped the ball a bit, but it's okay. I'll, I'll Brisbane will bring, it, will bring it in. There was actually no Pokemon or any, or like Mario or anything in the opening ceremony last There was night. Sonic, apparently. I didn't watch it because, again, oh, I'm not afraid. But apparently Sonic was there. 
Got to go first. Sonic is the most athletic out of all of their like animated characters. Is Sonic even Japanese? Yeah, Sega. Oh yeah, Sega is Japanese, but Sonic's like you know lower down in the hierarchy. Oh, hey, 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 hey. So it's the the first time at the Olympics for a couple of sports, Josh. So the, it's the first time that BMX has been at the Olympics, and there's this guy Logan mm, Martin. It's going to be who, so good. It's going to be. He, he won the world championships earlier this year. So Australia might get the first gold medal in BMX freestyle. Oh, easy. easy. Which is, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Do you <laughs> want to know this guy's dedication as well? He built an exact replica of the course in his backyard. That is a very Australian thing to do. That is like, that is a lot of dedication. Although now that I said that, I realized that like, you know, rich people have like tennis courts in their backyard. So like, you know, Ash Barty could have a tennis court in her backyard, but I feel like having a BMX thing is a lot harder to have in your backyard. No, well, you know, it's like the Australian Winter Olympians, how they build their things out of like dirt and they just train on these like, you know, like a dirt thing. And then they go <gasps> there and they're I like, oh, that. that's right. Snow exists. Have you seen Cool Runnings? Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the great Winter Olympics films. Surely we make Australia a bobsled team. Uh, I don't think we get the funding. That's true. That's that's true. I wonder how much money. I thought you were going to say we should make an Australian Olympic film in the vein of Cool Runnings about S- Stephen Bradbury. Steve Bradbury. And I was like, I, absolutely, hundred percent. I'd be on board with that. That is also something that we should do. Well, I was thinking about this, the Steve Bradbury moment as well. Everyone, I was thinking about this the other day. He's a bit of a dickhead because you know he could have picked. Like, surely the sports person thing to do is to pick the people who fall over up. You know, you've seen cars. At the end of the film, Lightning McQueen sees the old blue guy stalling. And I don't lets... think you realize how competitive events work. If it's not his fault, it's sport. It would be sportsmanship if it was his fault that he, like, if he tripped someone over and was like, "Oh, sorry about that." But if you just fall over of your own accord, like, that's on you. That's a you problem. I'm just saying. Have you seen? You've seen cars. Lightning but cars McQueen... again. That was someone else's fault that that the guy got injured. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I shouldn't. I shouldn't besmirch the good name of. of if um, if Dino Carman himself just like flung himself into a wall, like Lightning McQueen has no obligation to stop for him. So if you were, if you were, say, let's say you're a runner, Josh. If you're doing the marathon at the Brisbane 2032 Olympics, and you and Elliot Kipchoge are ba- battling it out, and there's a hundred meters to go on the marathon. And like it's you and him at the front of the pack. There's no one else behind you guys for another couple hundred meters. And his calf just cramps up and he stops and he reaches down and he has to stop running. Would you go and help him get across the finish line or would you leave him for dead? No, I'd keep running. That's a him problem. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're an awesome. It'll be fine. There's a whole medical team. If <laughs> the medical team's there the whole time, he had his opportunity and he's screwed it up and I'm going to beat him. <laughs> And then afterwards, I'll go, look, look, great fight, man. You know, it was great to be like racing you the whole way. But, and, you know, it's unfortunate that that happened to you right at the end. But, you You know, now I've got the gold medal. Internationally renowned as an asshole. No, no one would, no one would go, he's an asshole because they'd go, damn, (laughs) that's unfortunate for Kipchoge. No one's going to go, oh, that Josh, they really should have stopped and helped him. No one ever does that. Are you saying in the Tour de France, every time there's a, there's a huge pile up, the people at the front should get off their bikes and make sure everyone's okay. That never happens. And you see people going, oh, those leaders of the Tour de France, they didn't help them out. They're what assholes. No one ever says that. 
That's fair. I feel like these aren't quite, this isn't quite the same because it doesn't happen at the same frequency, for example. Regardless, regardless. Let's, let's move on. So the other, one of the other new events is skateboarding. Um, another one at first, the, first Olympics and Poppy Star Olsen from Australia. She's currently fourth in the world. So another Australian that might win a, a medal in the inaugural event. How cool would that be in the, the, in the inaugural years of an event if we were to, like Australia would announce some medals? But well, that's speak- how you've got to get them. That's, we need I, those medals. <laughs> well, speaking of sports new to the Olympics, I actually want to talk about a sport I reckon we should bring back because we were talking about this at dinner last night and then Bruce McAvaney, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, who is just spouting all these facts, brings this up. He talks about tug of war. How good it would it be to have tug of war at the Olympics? Oh, well, the World Games is in America and it has tug of war. Wait, what's the World Games? The World Games is like an Olympic knockoff, <laughs> but it has all the things that aren't at the... The World Games 2022 are in Birmingham, USA. Um, That's really funny because the Commonwealth Games in 2022 are in the Bir- Birmingham, UK. Um, so artistic sports, there's dance sport, gymnastics and, and roller sports. And then ball gymnastics sports. Gymnastics is a legit sport. There's canoe, fistball, flag football, floorball, handball, corfball, lacrosse, racquetball, softball, squash, and wheelchair rugby. So, and, but, um, okay, I like on. that they have the, the wheelchair, the Paralympic sports incorporated into the games as well, not as a separate event. That's kind of cool. Yeah, um, I think that's the only one they have. <laughs> but, but regardless uh but yeah strength sports have got powerlifting and tug of war there you go well because from 1900 to 1920 they had tug of war at the olympics and uh, they I have think... flying disc at um the world games oh there you go really oh because frisbee's trademark so yeah flying disc has to be a, a thing so i but josh i reckon as a podcast we should make a movement to get tug of war brought back to the olympics i don't think it was ever in the olympics it was. So I don't know how we'd bring it back. As in tug of war was in the Olympics from 1900. Can't we focus our efforts on something cooler like cricket? Cricket's already got a World Cup. Every <laughs> event in the Olympics has a World Cup. Football has a World Cup and it's in the Olympics. So the Olympics is meant to be about... Yeah, it's like... I, I wouldn't be that upset if football was removed from the Olympics. But hockey? Like, <laughs> hockey, no, no. Hockey's different. You know why? Because hockey is an amateur sport. So hockey players are barely paid anything. But like, you know... Like, you know, cricket players are played a sh- paid a shit ton. So it's also, I, I think it's like, you've got to look at the, like you could, I like the idea of the Olympics supporting. So I'd be way more, I like, I, I think it's way cooler that you getting, say, you know, the women's cricket team and the men's cricket team of the World Cup, as is happening in Birmingham in 2022. You've got the, the women's are playing in the Commonwealth Games, the men's aren't, because women's cricket is criminally underfunded. And so, you, and using the Olympics to support and give a platform to sports that don't receive enough funding. Whereas, like you know, men's cricket, like you know, Steve Smith already has like a, a freaking mansion in Sydney. You know, not to disparage Steve Smith, but it'd be it'd be really good for the for the women's game to there, for there to be more sport throughout the the aspect of say the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. So why can't we get cricket in the Olympics? Yeah, cricket and women's cricket in the Olympics. I'd get around that. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't, oh, I didn't care which how it got in. I just said, well, let's get it in there. Yeah, that's fair. But okay, women's cricket and tug of war. Though. Like, I think tug of war would be because tug of war is also amateur. Like, can you imagine that? It's just like, oh yeah, I'm. I'm like, you just get this like plumber who's super strong, and he becomes represents Australia. Tug of war. How good can would that? Like street racing. 
like you just give people cars and go here you go drive around this city and whoever gets from a to b the fastest wins <laughs> can we still have traffic lights though uh yeah yeah so it's like a you still have to you have to do it in peak hour time when the traffic's worst and i like the idea that maybe you can run red lights but there's also police cars out there so if you get caught, yeah so yeah if you yeah. get if you get held up you have to pay the fine and <laughs> and you get stopped so. or maybe maybe the fine is that like the police officer comes and lets out like five percent of the air in your tires or something like that uh, i also reckon the police should be bright bribable because they are anyway because they're all bastards so like i think that should come into play as well where if you're like so the <laughs> i mean this would be really bad because it just means the richer countries could just like pay their way to get a police escort but like <laughs> you know i think i think that'd be fun to watch but right no, but what you do is you have the olympics provides the money so you start with part of it is part of the resources that you start a so say you you start a you know in a, oh, in put, a, a cap, put a funding put a funding cap on it so you yeah, have you've like only got, you've only got 500 bucks to spend yeah exactly exactly it's kind of like although do here's a question for for say formula one fans or like people who care about from sports uh like yourself is there a limit to the amount of fuel that they can put in the car um what do you mean a, a limit like a maximum or a but like or a... these cars need to be refueled right uh in formula one they don't refuel the cars okay let's talk about something like v8 where they go round and round for a long time you know that's every motorsport. <laughs> no, but like, you know, Formula One, they go around for a limited period of time. Formula One and V8 aren't that different. <laughs> I, I Look, I was just watching the Formula... I don't know much about the Formula One, but I was watching when they were setting the grid and they, weren't, they were only driving for like 10 minutes. What? No, they go for like two hours. No, but there's like different... Anyway, regard, okay, well, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but like, what happens if your car runs out of fuel and then like a richer car company has more fuel than you? I suppose they're all pretty rich. The car companies are. Yeah, the like. Do they all they use the same have, fuel? They definitely put enough fuel in their car for it to get around. <laughs> that okay? A sport that I don't think should be at the Olympics. Formula One shouldn't be at the Olympics. No, I would love Formula One to be at the Olympics. I mean, it wouldn't be Formula, but like motorsport in general, I think that'd be really funny. But I only in the sense of like everyone is a kart racer. And so then you have like these Formula One people who are, like who started in kart racing and now they have to go back to these really awful specced cars and they're all the same and then they just have to like drive them around this terrible little track. So I like that for two reasons. So first of all, I think that ties in better with the Olympic vibe of like amateur sports so that you could like, you don't have to be like a pro driving team. You just have to be good at go-karting, uh, which means someone like Celine the Farmer Dharma could be in there. But second of all, it also means that we missed out on a great opportunity at Tokyo to have Mario at the Mario. Can you imagine that? Mario Kart at the you know how they had Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games a few years back? Like they they they, they have one for Tokyo. Do they have one every year every Olympics? Yeah. And winter wow. Olympics. Wow. There you go. Well, I would I would have loved to see I mean they're Mario. not that they're not that different, you realize. You just slap a new coat of paint on it and you go, cool. You can say that about here's, the here's your next game. That'll be 80 bucks, please. That's that's most games. No, my, like to some extent, but like especially with these like sporting games. Cyclic cyclic ones. Yeah, it's like exactly. you know what I mean? You don't have to change anything, you just change a few small things. Whereas like if you it's like a, a movie, you know what I mean? You can just get the same people back and and you can 
have a sequel that you know will work. Yeah. But like you still have to like put more effort into it. Whereas if you were releasing pretty much the same movie every year, you don't have to put as much work into that. Yeah, that's fair. And it's, I suppose it's like particularly video games, you can just borrow the programming from other video games. Yeah, or even like the, you know, the past one. Like, you know, all of, these are all just the same under the hood. They just like copy and paste the code and then it's just the art that they're changing, <laughs> really. So, so to round things off, Josh, so I was talking about a few medals that Australia might win in smaller sports. My dad has made a big has made a prediction and I wanted to get that on the record on the podcast. So his prediction was that he reckons we'll win the women's golf. And I looked into this. It's because so the women's golf, Australia's representatives are Minji Lee and Han- Hannah Green, who are currently 15th and 17th in the world. So I feel like it might be a little bit of a smoky kind of thing. Like in terms of like it's, we have two people who are rated pretty highly. But then if you look at the, the top five women's golfers, the first, number one is American. And then two, three, four, five are all South Korean. So like I don't know how South Korea are not going to win the women's women's golf, but I wanted to note it down. I did also notice that both Minji and Hannah are both West Australian, so maybe there's a little bit of bias that my just dad has. A little has bit, there. just a little bit. West there. Coast, West Coast. We would definitely. It sounds like if there was like a national, like a state-based golf championship, WA would win the women's like quite comfortably. But well, you never know. You never know. But uh, anyway, my dad's called this. He reckons the woman wins the women's golf. So I want to put his smoky down on the record and then we can come back to it. I know he listens to this podcast as well. And so he'll be quite chuffed if it works out. And if not, well, we've made him look like an idiot. <laughs> New segment this week, Blackhawk. I'm going to talk about some a video game. I don't know what to call the segment yet. I don't know if it'll be recurring. Well, you do. <laughs> I, have, I have no real idea what this is other than I played a game and I want to talk about it. We talked about video games in the previous segment. Yeah, but not specifically. You know what I mean? We didn't we didn't really talk about them. <laughs> we just talked about them. What video game are we talking about, Josh? Uh, we're talking about a little game called Spirit Fairer. Spirit. Oh, and Joshua Robinson has started screen sharing. I oh, should no, change I'll your play... name on my screen on on to something. I'll play, I'll play that for you so you can. Oh, you you, can... he's pulled up a sixteen-hour YouTube video. Am I going oh, to just so I could just so I can skip around in it? Um. Anyway, so it's a, so it's a boat. And it's you're... a boat. I'll I'll explain it. I'm just I'm just playing it so you have something to look at so you can understand kind this of. Is insanely laggy um yeah that's what i thought and is it is it affecting the audio at all i just i'm not that invested in watching a video of a video game but explain to me what's happening i've I've shown you the art i guess that's the that's the main that's the main bit the art is pretty cool it's reminiscent of if any of you the listeners have watched legend of Korra, it's reminiscent of when he meet uh when Korra meets the first uh avatar and it's kind of like the flashback sequence and it's got the same art design as that i was gonna say like even ghibli-esque Studio kind of, Ghibli. Yeah. Ghibli. <laughs> there wasn't a Studio Ghibli in the opening ceremony, which surprised me. Or again, maybe I'm just bad. Well, that's because they don't want to display their anime, right? They don't want to they don't want to put that up there. <laughs> none of that weeb stuff. Yeah, none of that weeb stuff. Sonic's all right because he had a, a big Western movie, but <laughs> you know, none of that other weeb stuff. That's why Pokemon didn't make it. Yeah, exactly right. Anyway, back to you being a weird. Anyway, so Spirit Farer is a little game about dying. 
<laughs> we we market ourselves as a comedy podcast, but this is pretty grim, Josh. This it is pretty grim, but it's it's really interesting to me that there's this game that looks as colorful as it did. Like when I showed you, you know, it's quite bright and vibrant and and mm. really mm. quite relaxing to play. And it dives into some really deep and dark <laughs> topics. So but maybe you also don't realize that it's doing this until you kind of are playing through it. And only in the kind of last 20% of the game do you go, oh, this is about death. <laughs> so explain the gameplay to the, the listeners because if they're like me, they're not really going to be sure what's going on. Yeah. So Spiritfarer begins with Stella being towed in a boat Stella! by Peron, who's oh, the fairer of souls to the afterlife from Greek mythology. You know him? He's got I, a, I, I only heard Stella and I yelled. I didn't actually hear what you said. Is She's being towed in a boat by Charon. The, oh, the Chiron. Yeah. Charon. Oh, Charon. Oh, that's right. Charon's different. Yeah, Charon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the centaur dude. The, not the, centaur <laughs> the other dude. one. The dead boat guy. Yeah. The dead boat guy. Um, And he says that he's done. He's fed up. <laughs> and Stella can be the new spirit bearer. And then he just ups and walks through the Everdor, which is the gateway to the final death. And so he dies straight away. Um, so in a sense, Spirit Pharaoh takes place between a final death and like life. So it's a weird kind of twilight zone of before you reach so it's before you reach the before you you're in the underworld, but it's before you get sorted into the fields of Ashfall or Yeah, yeah. So you're not you're not fully dead, but you're pretty much on the way. You're mostly dead, which is still partly yeah. alive, to quote the yeah. princess right? Yeah. Um, and so the gameplay of Spirit Fairer is you have a boat, as you saw. That's what that's what I opened up on. And so Karen also had a boat, but then he left it. Yeah, it so you, you take boat? over Karen's boat, basically. Do you also um, get Cerberus or hmm? do you also get to hang out with Cerberus, the three-headed dog? Uh no, he's not in this game, but you do oh. have a cat. That's so much lamer than a three-headed dog. <laughs> Would you rather a cat or a three-headed dog? I would go three-headed dog every well, day. Well, I don't... It's because the... Uh, you, you're not actually seeing the actual underworld. You're seeing the, like, bit before it. So you don't actually see the anything further. Yeah. Okay. All right. So play on. Um, so you're on the boat and... I'm on a boat. And you're... The, the gameplay loop is you go and meet some spirits who are on their way to dying and you build them a nice little house on, on the boat. They'll ask you to do some things for them, like build them specific things for their little house or go and find them some food or something like that. And then uh, once you've, it's kind of like a little bit of a checklist. And then once you finish the checklist, they'll go, all right, I'm ready to move on. And then you have to take them to the Everdor and say goodbye. And then they die properly for good. So when you say die properly do good for good, do you mean wiped from existence or sorted into the like different realms of the underworld? Uh, you take them to the door and they kind of glow with a golden light and then they disappear and then there's a constellation that gets made out of them. How did it take you until the last 20% of this game to realize that this was about death? It sounds okay, like so I okay. So obviously you realize pretty early on that the game is like about death and moving on. Uh, what you don't realize is how it ties into Stella's life and Stella's experiences with death. And uh, because when you start the game, from what I've told you, you probably think, oh, the spirits are just random people that you need to ferry to, to the afterlife. 
yeah. as you play, you start realizing uh, from little lines of dialogue that all of the spirits you pick up are people that Stella knows and has a relationship with. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That's, damn, okay. And so you, but you don't know how Stella knows them. Yeah. That's kind of what you pick up along the way. And I, for me, it only kind of clicked in the last 20% where I was like, oh, now it's all falling into place who all these characters are and how they're related to Stella. Yeah, yeah. And so then it kind of pulls together. So, and the, I, I don't like spoil the ending of the game, but the whole premise is essentially she's having to ferry all the people she's met in her life to their final death. Yeah, well, not all of them, but uh, like people that had a significant impact on her, I guess. Yeah. That's, is that like, I'm just going to like make a guess. Is that something to do with like in the, in Tartarus, how like some people have like punishments, you know? Like, is, like, her punishment that she has to see everyone in her life? No, no, so, not a punishment at all. Oh, it's not a punishment. Um, it's just like Yeah, a, it's quite a wholesome... It's a very wholesome game. There's nothing, like... There's nothing dark about it other than the themes of, of death and, like, uh, kind of, like, despair that it kind of brings out. But there's no, like, kind of punishments or anything like that. It's all... Uh, it's all quite tame and lighthearted. Yeah, but it's still, it's still weird to, like... I Yeah... See, now I'm thinking, it's like, this has just got me thinking, like, you know, who would you be most nervous to see if you were in that position or something like that? Yeah. And then the the other thing is that, so as you, you're kind of forced to talk to all the characters, obviously, and that's part mm -hmm. of the draw of the game is getting to know all the different spirits. So they're not randomly generated because it's a a story-driven game. So, you know, if you played the game, you would have the same... uh, experience that you do. same characters yeah. Um, yeah you might experience it in a slightly different order and a different like way but oh, so it's you don't still... get the characters in the same order but it's more like yeah so for me i kind of got a few at the start and then i got a lot towards the end because it felt more concentrated that way but i think there's some gates in the sense that you have to uh when, it, when you say goodbye to a spirit, you get a little orb that's left behind the, or a flower that yeah. you can use to upgrade your ship, which lets you explore new areas of the map. Oh, so okay. You, everyone gets a specific set of spirits in the same spot. Yeah. But I think the order that you can get them within that particular section of the game, you can do however you want. Yeah, I got you. I got you. That makes sense. Yeah. So what did you, what did you take out of this? Because it's obviously... You've thought about this a bit, given that you brought it up. Mm. Well, I think what I what I was most impressed by was that this game reminds me a lot of Animal Crossing, which we've kind of talked <laughs> a little bit about before. In the Are sense you, that, are you still playing Animal Crossing? Do you still have? No, I stopped. Stopped ages ago. <laughs> um, so there's there's lots of games that are like that where you have all these kind of quirky characters and you talk to them and and then. But that's kind of the extent of it, you know. In Animal Crossing, they move to your island and then they chill there. And you go and talk to them every day, and that and that's the kind of extent of your relationship with them. But yeah. what Spirit Ferret does really interestingly is that it forces you to say goodbye and move on to these characters that you talk to and find. Can you out choose about. not to, or do you have to like take? No. So as I said, so when to upgrade the boat and explore more of the of the map, you have to you have to get flowers, which you only get by saying goodbye. And it's kind of like it's it's kind of like in a book when like you know a character that you like dies or leaves. Yeah. 
I, I suppose it's like if we're gonna if we're gonna get deep, it's kind of like in life, you know, you have to say goodbye to some things to move on and to progress and grow. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think that's the the main message of the of the game. Um, and there's just lots of like little interesting like metaphors and stuff that are sprinkled throughout it. And it's clearly like a very nice love letter from the developers. Um, I think they had a lot of like personal experiences that kind of filtered into the game. Um, and that just yeah. really shines through with like just how much love there is in it. The other thing is that it's really easy. Like there's no way you can fail the uh, game at all. So there's no like combat, there's no health bars or anything like that. It's just all like little challenges so you can do better or worse at a challenge. Like you might get uh, 10 things of lightning instead of five or no, you might get five. Well, the, point isn't, the point isn't excelling at the gameplay. It's more, it's about the gameplay is a structure that allows you to engage with the story and themes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, and so it's essentially, it's, it's essentially the same thing as a movie, but it's like, it's interactive that it's a way of allowing you to engage with the story and the thing that's happening. Yeah, and you can go through it at your own pace, um, you know, so you can kind of extend the amount of time before you have to say goodbye to someone, you know, so you can keep someone around for a little bit. Um, like, they don't say, oh, take me there right now. They're like, when you're ready, take me to the evidence uh, to say goodbye. And so you can kind of, uh, obviously, you can't, like, you need to say goodbye at some point to progress, but there's still a lot you can do within that area, that area before you want to say goodbye. Um, so it's quite nice in that sense. Like it never forces anything upon you. It just kind of says when you're ready, you know, and that's, that's the, why it's such a nice little experience is, is like, whenever you're ready, you know, take your time, just, just relax. And then when you're ready, say goodbye, move on and push. I forward. think this would be a really interesting game to play with someone else for the rich. Yes, the great thing is it has cooperative mode. Oh, so one of you can play as Stella and one of you can play as the cat. Yeah. And so then you can both do like different things, but you can experience the whole story together. Because part of the reason I say it'd be really interesting to play with someone else is because like, I think it would be a really interesting thing to play with someone that you're close to or you want to get to know better because it's, uh, it forces you to confront like how you make decisions and how you process, essentially how you process letting go. Because there are some people who are like rip the bandaid off kind of people. There are other people who like take their time. And I think it would be a really interesting experience to do that with someone. And like, because uh, then you would understand how that person processes things, you know, uh, and you could compare or compare how different people process things. Like it'd be a really interesting thing to say, like play with a partner or a close friend, you know, is it? So how do you I, hadn't, get- I hadn't considered that. That's yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like I was just thinking about like imagine playing this as a partner. That would be a very like interesting experience. It would be really nice as well because it's such a cozy game. So, yeah. you know, you can just chill and relax with it. But then you've also got that underlying emotional current that permeates through the whole experience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or also, you know, like 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 it'd also be like fun with a like a like with a friend. Like like I think it'd have to be someone you're close to. Yeah. Um, but someone that you want to know and understand how they they process these things, it'd be it'd be an interesting experience. How do you get this game? And I get it. Um, so last year, the so Nintendo, so I, I got this on Switch. Um, and Nintendo 
somewhat frequently does little um, indie updates. So mm. games from independent studios. So they're not um, like big budget games. Um, and so this is an indie developer. Um, and I saw, I watched the trailer for it uh, and it just, you could tell it was going to be a like hard hitting experience because it like, it opens, it, it opens with the uh, kind of, you know, the boat stuff. And then it shows you like, it has a beautiful animation of um, Stella hugging a spirit right before it says goodbye. And you could just go, oh, this is just going to make me like so sad. It's, <laughs> like, you know, it's going to hit you in the feels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like if you're not crying at some point during this game, like, you know, like it's, you don't have a, you don't have yeah. a heart. Like it's, it's um, going to be hard. Yeah. So I had, I had my eye on it after I, after I watched that. Um, and then over the summer break, it went on special. Um, and so I picked it up and nice. yeah. Right. There you go. There you go. Well, maybe I'll have to. I obviously don't have a switch, but I um, it's to... on. You can get it on computers. Yeah, I think it's on most platforms. So you can probably track down a copy. And it's also not very. Uh, I don't think it's very taxing. You know what I mean? It's not a very yeah uh, big game to run. So probably most computers should be able to run run it. I'd say so. There you go. Well, maybe I'll give that a crack. Well, thank yeah. you for telling us about that game, Josh. That was really interesting. No, my my pleasure. And that was. Josh's Game Corner. <laughs> Segment name not finalized. Segment to be changed. <laughs> Josh. Blacker. Dog chat. Dog chat. Following oh, up from last week? Following up on some dog chat from last week. So, first of all, I told you about the EWB dog mascot. Yes. And you you voted for Simba. Yeah, I did. So M was quite happy that you liked Simba, but sadly Simba was not the winning name. Well, I'm not surprised considering I was the only one that voted for it. <laughs> you want to guess what the, the name ended up being? If you can Doug. remember. The other. Yeah, it was Doug. <laughs> Doug won. But also during that dog chat, I flagged a potential future segment and I have then gone about doing that potential future segment, which is fun dog celebrity names. And so we're ah, gonna... yes. Yes. And we're going to play a game of match the dog to the celebrity. All right. Uh, or I, this, is, this is the kind of game that like a proper podcast would have like a funny title to like who, <laughs> who let the dogs, they, they'd play like who let the dogs out and like, yeah, yeah. And who's let that, who's let their dog out. And then, oh yeah. Who, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Who's all right. Let all their right. Dog who, 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 who. Oh, yeah. Let's go with that. Who's let their dog out. So I'm going to take you through, I've got three dogs here. And then I've got three people who have some connection between them and you have All to right. figure out who has let their dog out. All right. All right. So you're at the, okay, what this is, you've gone down to the park, right? And there is, there is a dog on the loose. I have, I had a better, I had a better. <laughs> go for it, go, tell it. Um, so I am the minister for immigration and someone has tried to bring their dog into Australia and I'm now trying to match it up to, to the private jet of the celebrity. That this flown this works as well because I like the idea that all three of these people in each group are traveling together on a private jet. Yeah. Because it could work. Definitely for the first two, it could happen. Alrighty. So a private, a private jet has landed in Australia. You're, you're Peter Dunn. <laughs> the one and only and you've met meatloaf the dashhound or the dashhound all right all right so meatloaf the dashhound has come on a private jet 
and it is the private jet is populated by the songwriters of the hit song I Got a Feeling because they're doing like a, a 10 year anniversary tour. All right. And so on the plane, uh, Will I Am, Fergie. Mr. Will I Am. Mr. Will. Oh, Mr. I Am. Mr. I Am. Sorry, Will He Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Will He Is, Fergie. I can't remember what Fergie is short for. And David Getter. Oh. Uh, not to be confused with David Fetter, the cheesemaker. Yes. So is Meatloaf the Dashend, Dashound owned by Will I Am, Fergie, or David Getter? I'm just going to Google these people so I can look at their faces, but I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to that's, that's look fair. up the, yeah. You know, if I'm, you I'm want, just... oh, do you want me to get, I could get a photo of Meatloaf the Dashound up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please do that. And then you can, and you can look up who the people are and, and you can tell me who you think is most likely to be owning Meatloaf the Dashound. <laughs> I, I typed in, Will, will I am, but with none of the the dots. So I just searched William in Google, <laughs> and it's come oh. up with Prince William, Duke of Cambridge, which is obviously not what I'm after. <laughs> Josh, I've also got some sad news. William the Dashound's, uh, sorry, Meatloaf the Dashound's dead. Oh, well, that's because, not ideal at all. Because if you if you Google it, one of the things that come up is you will be missed, little buddy. Oh, uh, that's. But it means that I definitely know that this is Meatloaf the Dashound. I'm going to share screen with you, and you can now see. Aww. Do you reckon Meatloaf the Dutch Arms owned by William, Prince of Cambridge, Duke of Cambridge? <laughs> Will I am Fergie or David Getter? All right. So I'm going to go with David Guetta because he's French. And I feel like he's just more likely to have a dash hound as a result. Joshua Robinson, you are incorrect. <laughs> Meatloaf the Dashound, uh, RIP, is owned by Fergie. Oh, oh, so, <laughs> so Fergie voiced Hippo Girlfriend in Madagascar to Escape to Africa. That's amazing. Yeah, that was, you know, rather impressive TV and filmography on a weekly. Yeah. She's pretty well known. As an yeah, I suppose, I, like, I, but I, I never really have heard of her outside of, like, the Black Eyed Peas. Well, she's not actually a member of the Black Eyed Peas. Well, what? She's not an official member of the Black Eyed Peas. The Black Eyed Peas is uh, Will I Am. Because I was going to make it the Black Eyed Peas, but A, there are no other well-known member of the Black Eyed Peas apart from uh, Fergie and Will I Am. But Will, the, the Black Eyed Peas is formerly the rappers Will I Am, Apple D App, Taboo, and J Ray Soul. But is that just like the current one? Or yeah, like yeah, no, Fergie used to be in them though. Oh yeah, past members, Fergie. Oh, yeah, Fergie's, so Fergie's departure. Yeah, so she used to be a member. You know, bands change members frequently. That's there you go. Uh, all righty, you reckon ready for the second dog? Yeah. Is you've had a private jet come land in, and the private jet is filled with stars of the X Men films. Oh, all right. Hugh Jackman is one of the people on the plane. It's coming, coming home. Welcome back, Hugh. 
Um, all right, who else? Uh, this is kind of a fun little game within a game to guess who else is on the on the plane. Um, who else is? Uh, um, uh, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen is is not on the plane. Oh, um, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart is not on the plane. Oh. I decided that they, they wouldn't have fun dog names, so they'd be easy to cross off the list. Uh, really? I think I think they would be up there for having fun do- dog names. Well, I can confirm that it's not Ian McKellen or Patrick Stewart. All right. Um, On the plane with huge Jack, the huge Jack man is Halle Berry and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know that uh, Ryan Reynolds would appreciate you calling him a, a star of the X-Men franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I also, Hugh Jackman and, and Ryan Reynolds also have like a fake rivalry. So Halle Berry is kind of just like... I don't know, it's not fake. I'm pretty sure it's, pretty sure it's real. <laughs> Are you now ready to meet the dog? I'd you're, love to meet the dog. You're Peter Dutton. You're, you've been told that the dog's coming in. You're like, right, show me this dog. The dog? Is Mocha the French bulldog? Oh. Isn't Mocha a little cutie? Uh, that's one word for it. <laughs> you don't you don't think Mocha's cute? I just I don't know. I don't really like French bulldogs that much. That's rough. That's rough. Mocha is Mocha is sad. Well, I mean you are about to deport Mocha, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Um not Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds would have a funnier name for his dog. They say dogs look like their owners. <laughs> Have you heard that one? <laughs> so you're telling me that you're trying to figure out if this if this French bulldog looks more like Hugh Jackman or Halle Berry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, <laughs> you know what? I I think it's Hugh Jackman's. You reckon Mock of the French Bulldog is owned by Hugh Jackman? Yeah, it looks a little bit like Hugh Jackman. Well, Joshua Robinson, I must inform you that Mock of the French Bulldog is in fact owned by the Hughes Jackman himself. Hey, well I told you, I told you, it looks a little bit, looks a little bit like him. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little just bit. a little bit. It's the eyes, it's the eyes for me. It's the... It's the, it's the eyes that do it for me. Yeah, the eyes, the eye, like I was just looking between Hugh Jackman's Wikipedia photo and the eyes on that dog. And I was like, this has to be it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You've you've sent away the X Men and and Mocker the French Bulldog. Well, I but think you know it's in Australia, so Mocker the French Bulldog's allowed in because yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's huge yeah, I don't dog. know why I got called out for that. Someone's getting fired. That's for sure. <laughs> You're fired. You've now become Donald Trump. Oh no! Would you can rather I, be can I go back? Can I devolve? <laughs> and so, so you've devolved back to Peter Dutton. And you're at the airport again, and you get ring, 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 ring. We've got another plane. It's full of three female pop stars: Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, and Selena Gomez. And with right. them is the dog, Emu the Shetland Sheepdog. Oh, oh, hang on, I might know this one straight away. Oh, actually, no, it's going to come. I know what it's going to come down to. I feel a little bit like I'm. That you're judging people and associating with the dogs. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing, Josh. <laughs> that is really the premise of what we're doing here. Have you yes. had a look at Emu, Emu yet? Emu in this uh, photo is wearing a... I don't actually know what that is. It's like a yellow jacket with like muffins inside it. They're like they're like um, 
toy muffins. They're not real muffins for any any listeners. What's what, what breed is is Emu? A Shetland Sheepdog. Do you reckon Taylor, Miley, or Selena is most more likely to own a Shetland Sheepdog? Well, so the reason I was I was saying, oh, I reckon I could guess straight away, is because I was like, oh, well, a Sheepdog, like it's going to be the a country a country one, right? Because it's a, it's a it's a herding dog, and I was like. <laughs> Well, I know Miley Cyrus was like a country girl, and I was like, "Oh wait, but Taylor Swift is also a country." Taylor Swift is also, and I like, and now I'm looking at Selena Gomez's Wikipedia, and I'm like, "Oh, I think she's also a bit of a country girl." So I was like, "Ah, this is not, this is not quite working out for me." <laughs> so you got three country girls and a country dog. Yeah. Um, I realize there is actually a clever logical link you could figure out here, but I don't know if you know it. Uh, oh, because emu which of these people likes australia the most <laughs> no more googling i don't want you to get um, that no but who's who's selena gomez's partner that's <laughs> just based on vibe based on vibe no i'm gonna do the the thing where who who looks the most like this like this oh part. yeah Miley Cyrus, um, Selena Gomez, or Taylor Swift look the most like not Selena Gomez, that's for sure. Yeah, I was look when when I was doing the most looks like I was like Selena Gomez does not look like a Shetland sheepdog. I'm gonna go with Taylor Swift. You're gonna say that Taylor Swift owns Emu the Shetland sheepdog? Yep, lock it in, Eddie. Eddie. Peter Dutton, I would like to inform you that Emu the Shetland sheepdog is in fact owned by Miley Cyrus. Oh. And the, the reason you could figure it out is that Miley Cyrus used to be married to a Hemsworth and the Hemsworths are Australian. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes, yeah. 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 For a second, I thought Selena Gomez had maybe dated an Australian at one point in time. I, for a second, I thought Selena Gomez was Australian. So No, well, you clearly didn't watch enough Teenage Disney. <laughs> I, 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 I did not spend a lot of time watching the Dina. I don't think I watched the Disney Channel at all growing up, to be honest, Josh. Oh. Uh, that's that's a shame. Well, Josh, you got one out of three now. Who who's who's let their dog out? That's not bad. That's not bad. That's and when you had a one and three shot each time, I reckon it's rounded out with who's let their dog out? Who 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 who? And welcome back to the <laughs> weekly word and. Today, we're going to find out which window the word is in. Is it going to be in the round window? Is it going to be in the square window? Or is it going to be in the arch window? It's what actually think, in... Wacker? I think it's in the Microsoft Windows, which is how I'm operating Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and here, you little... <laughs> Come inside, it's play school. That's right. It's the arch window, which is, (laughs) as everyone knows, is the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine us hosting play school? I would love to host play school. (laughs) That would be so much fun. Oh, I want to host play school now. We would be, we would be terrible together. (laughs) <laughs> we would not make a Josh is crying. <laughs> I just love that it's just such a good thing to make fun of because it's so easy to make fun of it 
but it's also like a sacred thing in Australian culture. So it's, it's it is. It actually, even if Brisbane twenty thirty two does not have play school at their opening ceremony. Oh, that's a great idea. That's, a great that's idea. you. You know, Josh. Twelve years. There's plenty of time to get on. Eleven years. Sorry. Yeah, it's not twenty twenty. <laughs> When was the last time you cried recording the podcast? Oh, I'm not actually crying. I'm just kind of wiping wiping my eyes. There, there wasn't actually tears there, but you know. I also wasn't sure if you were going for. I didn't actually think you were going for play school first. I thought you were going for like, hello, my name is Josh the Librarian. Today I'm opening up my dictionary to tell you our weekly word. <laughs> so Josh, what is our weekly word? And I'll have a guess what it means. Um, well, I feel like you might know this one, um, but it's just a nice word, so that's why I've chosen it this week yeah um it's petrichor i was literally gonna guess if it was petrichor because i had petrichor the other day it's the smell as, a, as an option or well i had an option but i experienced it the other day and it's the smell yeah. after rain of like or in the morning or something like that right yeah so specifically it's the earthly scent produced when rain falls on dry soil uh, but kind of like the, the smell of soil after rain, basically. I was literally um, yesterday morning running barefoot on the oval around the lake and it had rained earlier. I, I could smell the petrichor and I was like, petrichor would be a great word tomorrow. And when you said, I think you might know it, my brain was like, it's going to be petrichor. <laughs> I love petrichor as a word. Yeah, it's just a nice, it's just a nice sounding word. Um, Can I have a go at spelling it? Can we go spelling B, B spot style? Sure. We could also, also we could to ask for um, you know, if we go in spelling bee style, you're allowed to ask for a sentence and uh language of origin. Can I have the sentence and the language of origin of Petrichor? Absolutely. I'm just gonna give you what Google told me. <laughs> <laughs> um other than the petrichor emanating from the rapidly drying grass, there was not a trace of evidence that it had rained at all. So that was that's the sentence. That's such um, a complicated and... sentence. Language of origin is Greek. Oh, that makes sense. From I just Greek, well. Petra, which is rock, or Petros, which is stone, and Ekor, which is the fluid that flows, flows in the veins of gods in Greek mythology. Ah, ah I was going to say Ekor, the golden blood. Uh, I'm also really glad that we didn't do spelling bee on that word we did last week. Yeah, I think I would have given it a red hot go. <laughs> we could, To be honest, you wouldn't have memorized it, so we could do it cold, but Petrichor... I think is spelled P E T R I C H O R. Petrichor. That's correct. Ding! Do I move through to the next round? <laughs> Joshua, your word in the spelling bee is Eisenbahnschein Bewegung. Uh, Eisenbahnschein Bewegung. Uh, e i s e n b a h n c s c h e i n b e w e g u n g Eisenbahnschein Bewegung. Oh, God, and done it! <laughs> oh, that was phenomenal. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Not only have you brought up one of my favourite words as word of the week. You have then gone and absolutely nailed saying one of my new favorite words. What can I do? What more can I do? What more? What more can you do? I think. What more can we do with this segment? So that's the word of the week. 
have you ever smelled petrichor? <laughs> Maybe you smell petrichor with your parents. <laughs> As you go about your week, try and keep a nose out for the smell of petrichor. <laughs> so to finish us off today, Josh, I'm switching over to the White Noise Facebook account on my phone. Mm, I saw we got a message. I haven't read it. Because we've got some fan mail. We have got some fan mail. I wanted to pull out the fan mail. Cass Nichols, 948, 24th of July, 2021. Whilst I agree that snowboarders do inherently look cool, shout out to you, Josh, looking very cool. Thank you. Having been skiing many times, must be nice. I must, must, must be nice, Cass. Must be very nice. Having been skiing many times, I feel pretty good doing it. I take skiing over snowboarding any day. So, first of all, so, I've not actually responded to, to Cass yet, Josh. I'm, con- I'm confused. Is he arguing that skiing is cooler than snowboarding? Because he hasn't actually said that. He's just said... I ski, <laughs> so I'd pr- I prefer it over snowboarding. But I, I we all know Cass is a bit of a nerd. So, like, he's just not really helping his case here. <laughs> no offense, Cass. <laughs> like, I barely know you, and so I've basically pretty much just insulted you now. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> that's, that's right, what you've already insulted nine different celebrities by guessing their dogs based on their appearance. You said Hugh, Hugh Jackman looks like a French bulldog. And I was right. I was right. <laughs> and, Cass, and Cass is a nerd. The things, the things we've learned today. Because oh, what I was going to... What that means is we can't actually do what I was hoping to do, which was because I don't really have any skin in the game here, but I wanted to start a bit of a, a tally between the listeners and yourself included as people who prefer skiing or snowboarding. And I was going to put you in the snowboarding column and Here's cast the problem. the skiing. All of our audience are nerds. And so they are all going to prefer skiing. So that's not really a, a, a valid uh, statistical method. I win. Bye-bye. All right. Well, I'm going to... No, no. I'm, I'm jumping you. I also reckon snowboarding looks cooler than skiing. So well, I'm going to... also said snowboarding looks cooler, but he skis. So he, he, that's what he prefers. That's what he said. He didn't actually say skiing was cooler. He just said, I ski. <laughs> so I prefer skiing. <laughs> All right, Cass, we, we demand clarity from you, Cass. And I, I know that you're pretty good at listening. So, Cass, I, I would demand you, some, you give us some clarity on, on whether you're, you prefer skiing or snowboarding. And then... Cass, you're going the right way to be thrown in a volcano again. That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> currently, I think he sits second last on the Friends of the Show list. He could slide down. Is oh, I don't think we've ever talked about that before. But I 100% support the demotion of friends. Already friend number thirteen. He can't slide me further. I I like the idea of I'm going to jump with you in the snowboarding camp. I'm going to say that snowboarding looks cooler than skiing. So we're currently two to one. Well, it's the one. Well, Cass also said snowboarding looks cooler than skiing. So really, it's three nil. It's true. It's three nil to snowboarding. Cass, you are currently in the snowboarding camp. If you want to be added to the skiing side, get back in touch with us, and and we'll and we'll let you know, and we'll put you, and we'll maybe shift you over to the the skiing side of the fence if that's and where you want. Audience, to sit. feel free to send in uh, verbal arguments using our little uh, voice message feature that we have on our anchor website. 
Yeah, use our Anchor website, use our Facebook page or personally contact us and let us know which side of the fence you sit and we'll get this skiing and snowboarding debate uh, up and running. Hopefully by the time we record next week, Cass will have let us know whether which side of the fence he sits on. 100%. And hopefully in the next week or so, Josh, will make sure to denundinate the word petrichor. While we have a sensation of Eisenbahnscheinbewegung. <laughs> well, after that, Josh, I think I'm, I'm going to go watch some Olympics. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that's because you're a furry. <laughs> no! I hate to break it to you, but if you watch the Olympics, you are a furry. But if Hugh Jackman was a furry, he'd be a French bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd tell you about that on the boat to the afterlife. Wow, it's all coming together. So it's all coming up white noise. Catch you next week. Bye-bye.